Good morning, Boker Tov, and welcome back to Living with Emuna, our weekly effort to remind ourselves what we already know, and that is there is a Creator, there's a God, He loves us, He's intimately involved in our lives, and when we attach ourselves to Him, we have nothing to worry about at all. This is our final shear for the season. We're taking a break until the Wednesday following Tisha B'Av, so please make a note. We will not be meeting. It's a good chance, if you haven't listened to all the previous ones, to catch up. I think we're closing in on 200 Living with Amunah Shiurim, so you can always listen to previous episodes at RabbiEphraimGoldberg.org or on YU Torah or YouTube. I want to thank our generous sponsors for the series for the year, Drs. Avi and Bella Morgan. Really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for your generosity for sponsoring the series the entire year in memory of Rabbi Dr. Brian Galbit, who was an incredible example of living and dying with Emuna, and in memory of Bella's mother, Dr. Ellen Shanzer, who lived a life of service, of great chesed to the community. Thank you for your generosity and thank you for your friendship. This morning, Shir is also sponsored by Rhonda Shival in honor of her new granddaughter, Rezal Emuna Bienenfeld. Thank you so much. What a beautiful baby and a beautiful name. You should have a lot of nachas from Rayleigh Emuna Bienenfeld. Shir is also sponsored in honor of the birthday of Mendy Fishman by his children, Mendy is an amazing friend. Mendy gives me svarim, inspires me, shares ideas. He's a Ben Ali, I'm a Vakesh. Mendy, this year should be your best year yet. Have a lot of nachas from your family, a lot of simcha, and only the best be benched with gezunt until 120 and beyond. Okay, back in Beyond Rechacha. We are back in Ravitcher Meyer Morgenstern's wonderful work, which is a really practical. Ravitcher Meyer has Hasidic Kabbalistic ideas that are very, very uh, out there. And a person has to be steeped in the language, the vocabulary of Kabbalah to understand. But beyond the at least the way I've uh, been able to understand it, is really simplified. It's taken those very deep, very mystical, very sophisticated, very profound ideas and communicating in a way which is accessible for the masses. We've been learning about Bittel. We've been learning about the notion that we cannot attach ourselves to the infinite as long as we think that we are a something. As long as we have an ego, as long as we live with arrogance, as long as we think that I matter, as long as we think that we actually take up space, then we cannot truly attach ourselves to the divine, to the infinite. Then we are competing, so to say, with him. We're competing my needs, his needs. My interests, his interests. My agenda, his agenda. The world according to me or the world according to him. The moment I let go and let God, when I forfeit, when I finally put myself under the care of God, of the higher power, that's when I can feel his presence and attach. Bittel, and I want to be very, very clear, Ravitcher Meyer was very clear. The notion of Bittel, of self-nullification, of letting go, of stopping to think that we are actually something, is not about a lack of self-confidence, inferiority, insecurity, having no sense of self, having no self-worth. It's the opposite. Rav Tzadik Akoin of Lublin, Tzidka Satzadik, Rav Tzadik writes that the same way that we have to believe in God, we have to believe in ourselves. He says there are two beliefs, there are two mitzvahs of Amuna. There's a faith in God and we have to have faith in ourselves. Isn't that arrogant? Isn't that counter to Bittal? The answer is no. Because Rav Tzadik Akoin explains the faith we have in ourselves is not because I'm an independent entity. The faith is in not me, who I am, my skills, my personality, my talent, talents, my capability, my capacity. The faith in myself is that there's a godliness in me, that God expresses himself through me and in me, that Hashem breathed life into me and I have a tzelem elokim. So there's the worst side of me, there's the animal instinct, the animal impulse, there's that which I need to fight and struggle with in me, but there's also the best version of myself. And the best version of me, the best part of me, that voice of discipline, self-control, that voice that strives for holiness to go higher and higher, that's God expressing himself through me. 
the talents, the skills, the gifts, the personality, they're on loan. They're not part of my permanent collection. It's not who I am. I didn't earn it or achieve it. It's part of my DNA, the biology. It's part of the way I was created and constructed. We still have to work hard to realize those potential talents. We have to take the initiative in order to express those gifts within this world, but their very presence is nothing we can take credit for. It's the Tzalem Elokim. So says Rav Tzadok HaKohen, you got to believe in God. You got to wake up, you got to know there's a higher power, there's a creator, that there's a, a master of the universe, that we don't exist independently. He controls the world, he's in charge. A person has to know that. But we also have to know that he isn't just in the heavens. He's not just far away. It's right close to you and there's nothing closer than in your own heart. There's nothing close than in your own belly, in your own kishkas, in your own skin. Hashem finds Himself inside each and every one of us. We have to believe in God, but if we are alive, then Tzalem Elokim, then God is expressing Himself through us. We are each a chilek elokami ma'al mamish. We are each a portion, a piece of God, literally. And therefore, we have to believe in God and we have to believe in ourselves. So it doesn't matter if you've retired. It doesn't matter if you've moved on to a new stage in life. It doesn't matter if you're incapacitated in some way. God forbid a person is debilitated, struggling with illness, convalescing, recovering. It doesn't matter if a person has certain physical, mental, emotional, spiritual limitations. Whoever we are and whatever we have, we are alive. There's air in our lungs. If God renewed our contract for another day, then He is expressing Himself through us our unique personality, how we can persevere, what we can overcome, what we have yet left to dedicate ourselves to, how we will write the next chapter of our life. God is that author. God is our partner. He's by our side. We have to believe in God and we have to believe that Selim Elohim inside each and every one of us. So therefore, what it means, Bittal, what we're talking about, says Ravitcha Meyer here, we'll get back to the text in a moment. But what Bittal means is not, I never enjoy myself, I don't matter. I let people walk all over me. I let people step on me. I feel inferior. I'm insecure. That's not what it means at all. I can't be any more secure. I can't feel any less inferior. You know why? I'm not me. I've been mevatel, the personal sense inside of me, into the tzelem alokim of me. You know who I am? I am an agent. I am a shliach of Hashem. I am an ambassador of God. And therefore, I carry the greatest confidence. You know, if someone's an ambassador to a country, and they represent the President of the United States of America, someone's an ambassador, they represent the Prime Minister of Israel. When they walk into a meeting with confidence, what gives them the confidence, not their own sense of self, is rather their role, their assignment, their mission, their charge to be an ambassador of someone who's a much greater power, who has a much greater perspective. So we are ambassadors, we are agents of the Almighty, we are shlichem of Hashem. We are as messengers in this world. So when I'm expressing myself as my own independent self, when I'm expressing myself as my needs, my wants, when they run in conflict with God, then that's not good. That's what I need to be mevatel. That's what I need to nullify. But when I tap into, when I identify, when I set goals that are all about being of service to God, that I'm his agent, I'm his ambassador, I have a mission in this world. It's not easy to define. It's not the same for everyone. I can't define my mission the same as yours. Salam Rebbe calls that Avodah Zara. Avoda Shehi Zara. When I do an Avoda, when I think that my life, my mission, my service has to imitate, has to be exactly like yours, it's Zara. It's strange. It's foreign to me. It has to be based on who I am and where I've come from and where I'm going. 
What are my assets? What are my liabilities? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Everyone has their own avoda. Everybody has their own mission. Everybody has their own reason they are here and their own things they need to accomplish. You can be inspired by others, but don't try to copy. Don't be a poor imitation of someone else. Don't try to do something Zara to you. Don't do an avoda. Don't do a service which is Zara, which is foreign to you. Figure out your avoda. But we're all agents of Hashem. So what is Bittal? Bittal is not, I'm a Gornish, step all over me. I am nothing. I have no needs, no wants, no ability to feel satisfaction, pleasure, happiness, or joy. Bittal is, I'm mevatal, I'm nullifying the part in me that is not the Tzalem Elohim. I'm nullifying the animal instinct and impulse. I'm nullifying the ego, the arrogance. I'm nullifying the envy, the jealousy. I'm nullifying the anxiety, the worry. And the only thing left inside me is a Tzalem Elohim. I recently wrote about an AA meeting I went to. I think I spoke about on Living with the Moon a couple weeks ago as well. And I heard somebody describing that uh, a woman was describing that every day she prays. And that third step of AA, which is putting yourself under the care of the higher power, which is essentially bittel, essentially emuna. We've known it long ago that she said every day she davens, she prays, she didn't say daven. Every day she prays and after she prays, she meditates. In other words, she talks to God and then she sits for a moment and thinks. And then she said something I thought was very profound. She said, when I pray, I'm talking to God. And when I meditate, I'm listening to see if he's going to talk to me. Now, what does that mean? She's crazy. She's off her rocker. That means that she's hearing sounds, hearing voices. She's nuts. No, what it means is we have a Tzalem Elohim inside ourselves. There is a godly spirit and a godly voice in us. And when we sit and we think and we listen, when the Neshama speaks to us, when we're willing to listen to our Neshama, when our Neshama finds its voice, that's God talking to us. Now, again, I'm not saying, well, God really wanted me to do this. God wanted me to do that. I'm not saying cross God's own boundaries and then claim God told you to do it. Cross God's will or values and then claim that God told you to do it. Hurt or harm or injure others and then say, well, I heard a voice. God told me to do it. I'm not talking about where, you know, where we need to go to the loony bin. We're hearing the voice of God. It means that we have to listen to our neshama, listen to the pintaliyid, listen to the voice of God within ourselves. Listen carefully, listen attentively, see if he is expressing himself to us. Sometimes you have to daven on something. It's a big decision that has to be made. You're working on a project. You have a dilemma you're trying to work through or fight through. You're trying to just find yourself and find your calm. I'm going on vacation, I'm heading out of town tonight, and I'm excited to unplug after two years with no break to be able to rediscover who I am and spend time with my family. And a lot of time without that technology, and a lot of time talking to him, but also working to see if he's going to talk back to me. Again, not telling me the lottery numbers, who's going to win the Super Bowl, but rather just listening. Listening to the pintaliyah, to that voice of our neshama within ourselves. So that's bittal. That's bittal. Bittal is, I'm not nullifying who I am. I'm actually trying to give expression to the ultimate, most authentic part of who I am. And the most authentic, the highest, the part that is immortal, the part that lives eternally, is the Tzalem Elohim in me. So there's a lot of noise and a lot of layers that covers that Tzalem Elohim. God created us, You created us with this pure godly spirit and godly soul. And then you said, now go. Go into my world and go be my agent. I hereby declare, I deputize you as the ambassador wherever you live. God says, you're my ambassador. Represent me. Have the confidence when you walk in. And what happens? Oh, we have layers and layers on top of our neshama. And we forget our mission and our role, our ambassadorship. And instead, there's a lot of noise. There's the noise of our own personal needs and wants. There's the noise of keeping up with others. There's the noise of a complicated world to navigate. There's the noise that absolutely hums in the background and we can't hear him talking to us anymore.
Sometimes we have to quiet that noise. We have to quiet that noise. We have to pray, talk to him, and quiet that noise and listen to see if he's talking to us. Bittal. Bittal is the act of quieting the noise. Shut down that noise. Disconnect from that technology. Listen to that godly spirit. Find him within ourselves. Okay, we're on page Nun Aleph, page 51. We're making our way. Says Rav Shemaya the following. If we can live with bittel, if we can quiet and shut off the noise, if we can disconnect from the technology and from the pressures, chaos, and complications of this world, if we can listen to that pintaliyid, the godly soul, the spirit in us, if we can vatel the selfishness and the ego and actually let the best of ourselves shine through, our lives are so enriched. Spiritually, our lives are enriched. We feel the ultimate satisfaction, fulfillment, happiness, and begashmias, physically. In other words, and he's going to get into this in the book, what I love about the Sefer, he has a chapter, this is, should I give you a little teaser? We had our planning meetings, LOBRS this year, and now not only locally, primarily, and most significantly directed locally, but globally, you'll all have access to it as well. In our Emuna theme, in our LO theme rather this year, our LO theme will include a four-part series called Breathe, Eat, Sleep, Move. The Torah view on those four practices. Breathe, Eat, Sleep, Move. Torah view, Torah is all about how I daven. Torah is all about how I do mitzvahs. Torah is about how I keep Shabbos and keep kosher. What does the Torah have to say about how I breathe, how I sleep, how I move, how I eat? The answer is only everything. Torah has everything to say about how to do those things with discipline and what the right values of those things are and why we do them and how much is too much, too little, what our attitude, what our approach, what their role is in our lives. In Bayam Derechach, Rav Meir has a chapter on sleep, a chapter on eating, a chapter on not being sedentary, moving, because there are countless Torah sources. There's a hashkafa. When you are an ambassador of God, then you're training, and you have to be at peak performance. And to be an ambassador of God at peak performance, what is what is the ambassador? What is the what does God have to say about sleep, about eat, about breathe, about move? So not only when you live this life of emuna and bitachon, not only are we enriched baruchnius. It's not just that spiritually we've grown, but also physically in this world, we feel at our most healthy at our most happy, at our most well-rested, we are doing our best. I won't take time now, you can Google it, but you'll find countless studies that show the health benefits, blood pressure, sugar, diabetes, cardiac health, cardiovascular health, it all improves. The calmer you are, the more you let go, the more you practice bittal, the more longer you'll live, the healthier you'll be, the less shallow you're breathing. All that we do, our entire service, our ambassadorship, our mission will come from a pure heart. Says Rav Meir, if we live with this way, if we live with this attitude, we can be satisfied even Baruchnius. We have a concept. Excuse me, our rabbis tell us in Pirkeiavos, Ezu Asher, who doesn't want to be wealthy? You want to win the lottery? You know how to win the lottery and be the wealthiest? Be happy with your lot. If happiness is defined by what you have, then you'll always be happy because you always have something. If the happiness is defined by something you want, if only, if I had this spouse and these children, if I had this job, this income, this car, these clothing, this technology, if only I had that, then I'd be happy. Then you'll never, ever be happy. That's why it's called the pursuit of happiness because you never arrive, you never achieve it. You keep pursuing it. If happiness is something I don't have, there will always be more. 
You could be number one on the Forbes. You could be number one on the Forbes four, Fortune four hundred, Forbes four hundred, whatever it is. You could have billions and billions and billions of dollars, more money than you can spend if you ever try to, and yet you won't be happy because there's always something more to want. If happiness is defined by what I have, I can always be happy because I can always find something I have. If happiness is defined by what I want, I'll never be happy because there could always be more. So we have a concept: samech bechelko. Be happy with what you have. Realize it's what you done. You can be ambitious. I'm a somewhat ambitious person. Set goals, pursue them, be ambitious, want more, but be happy with what you have. It's not a steer, it's not a contradiction. You could be driven. You could have aspiration and ambition, but simultaneously, in the end of the day, after all that effort, after the initiative, be satisfied with what you have. So this principle of being samech bechelko, this principle of being satisfied with your lot in life is true not only in the world of ruchnius, is true not only in the spiritual, uh, spiritual realm, I'm sorry, not only in the physical realm, be happy with your car, be happy with your home, be happy with your salary, be happy with your income, be happy with your looks, be happy with your bald head, be happy in life. Not only begashmias, but also beruchnias. I miss seeing whether you smile when I make a joke. Please God, we're going to resume in person when I come back. Following Tisha B'Av, we're going to have a hybrid model. We're going to stream and be in person. I hope everyone local will come back in person. And for those who are not local, we will stream as well. So the notion of Sameach Bechelko, maybe... Maybe it's better this way, and I see that you're not smiling even when I make a joke, and at least I can still humor myself. So Samech Bechelko, the principle of being happy with your lot, applies not only in the physical world, Gam Baruchnius, spiritually. Even though a person should have spiritual ambition, drive, aspiration, you should want to climb that ladder, get higher and higher, be more and more pious and great. There's a combination person has to find the balance between on the one hand being driven to daven with more focus, pray with more focus, live with more faith, improve in your behavior. But on the other hand, live with simplicity. In the end of the day, I don't know what's intended for me. Just like this car and this spouse and this income are what God wants for me, I try hard, I work hard, I try to do more, do better, but in the end of the day, I'm satisfied with my lot. Similarly, Baruchnius, maybe I'm not meant to have a memory that can recall Shas by heart. Maybe I'm not meant to be able to sit with that diligence. Maybe I can't have that focus when I pray. But I have to realize that I have to give it my best. What it has in common is both in the spiritual and the physical world, I'm only entitled to sit back and say, this is my lot, I'm satisfied, once I know I gave it my all. If I didn't give it my all, then maybe coming up short is not because it's my lot, Maybe I coming up short is because I didn't try hard enough. Really, my goal, my she'ifa, my ambition is to bring nachas ruach. I want to bring joy and pride to my Creator by fulfilling everything that He dreams for me, that He commands of me. Why? Why do I want to daven better? Why do I want to learn more? Why do I want to volunteer? Why do I want to be a better leader? Is it all contributing so I'm an Ezu Mashimishu? I'm a somebody? What's my purpose? What's my goal? What am I running after? To be a somebody? Is it about the mission? My article last week was about Lubavitcherebbe. Sunday, Gimel Tamas was the 27th year outside of the Lubavitcherebbe. And the Lubavitcherebbe, I described in my article, was the definition of Jim Collins' level five leadership. 
Jim Collins, the author of the book, Good to Great, to find a level five leader in the five levels of leadership as the person who, they're not the brand. The institution, the company, comes before them. It's not about them. So therefore, there will be a seamless succession. They don't have to be, they may be the face of it, they may be the spokesperson of it, but they are not the brand. That's level five leadership. It's not about you, it's about the cause, it's about the mission, whatever it may be. And I spoke about the Lubavitcher Rebbe was an ultimate example of that. And here, Ravitcher Meyer is saying the same thing for us. We're doing all the right things, but are we doing them for the right reasons? Like we discussed in Mesilis Sharm in the chapters on, on Tahara. You can do all the right things, are you doing it for the right reason? Why do you go to DAF? Why do you volunteer? Why do you write that check and sponsor that learning? Are you doing it so that you are a somebody? Or are you doing it because you believe in the mission? Because you believe that's your mission? Because you want to advance the institution, the cause, the effort, what is the goal? What is the drive? And when you're doing something for a noble reason, when you're doing it for God, then even if it's unsuccessful, you have no regret. And you don't feel sad or bad because it's not about you. It's not about your success. It's not about your track record. It's all about advancing the cause, the mission. It's all about the brand is Hashem, the brand is His Torah. The brand is our service to him in this world. So what happens? I think that God really wants this committee, this program, this idea, this institution. And then I try, I work hard. I work hard to raise money, to launch it, to put it together, to get it together. And then I discovered it doesn't work. It just doesn't go. Then what I found is that this wasn't the Ratzon Hashem. This is not the will of God. And so that is the challenge for us. If when something hits the wall, if it fails or stumbles or struggles, and do we walk away with a smile with our head held high saying, I guess this wasn't the Ratzon Hashem, I guess this wasn't the will of God, it wasn't meant to be, it's not part of His plan, or are we devastated or are we debilitated? Was it really all along all about us and not about Him? So the more that a person's batal umavutal, the more that we can continuously try to nullify, eliminate, suppress, purge that sense of self. Again, I have an identity, but my identity is because I have the gift of being a tzalim I have an identity, but my identity is I'm here on a mission from God. Not because I'm a rabbi. Everybody whether you're a clay Kodesh or lay Kodesh, whether you are a Balabas or whether you are working in Avodah Sakodesh, it's not just professionally if a person's chosen their career in the rabbinate or education or outreach. Every one of us, no matter what we're in, no matter what we're doing, no matter what stage of life, no matter what gifts or talents, we are ambassadors, we're agents, we're here on Shlichus from Hashem. And we have to be Mavatel, the other side of us, whatever voice in our head, whatever instinct or drive in our heart, Listen to that pintle, listen to that godly soul. Give it expression in this world. To the degree that we nullify. God doesn't want to come into a space in which he's competing. Have you ever been in a place where everyone's trying to talk over you? You can't get a word in edgewise. You can't have your opinion expressed. Everyone is just talking. The decibel levels go higher and higher. People are competing for interrupting one another. Everyone's trying to talk over one another. You say, I'm out. I'm just going to sit quietly. I, I don't need to compete. I don't need to compete. If you're not interested, it's fine. I'll sit quietly. Or I'll leave. I don't need to come. I don't need to come again. So God, the Hashras Hashchina, the presence of the Almighty, is not in a place where He's going to need to compete. 
He doesn't want to come somewhere where we're outshouting him. So when the side in ourselves, when the personality within us that's outshouting God, who's speaking at a higher decibel level and says, nah, who cares what you want? This is my agenda. These are my needs. These are my wants. This is what I think. So God says, I'm out of here. I don't need to be there. But to the more that we suppress and we quiet that other voice, the more that we say, Shah, everybody quiet. Let's listen to Hashem. Let's listen to Tzalem Elokim. What does he think? What does God want? What is God assigning us? What's our next mission? What do we need to do? Then God says, ooh, that's a place they invite me. It's a place they want me. That's where I'm going to hang out. So the more that we can quiet that alter ego in us, the real ego inside us, not ego in the negative sense, but the real identity in us is the Tzalem Elokim, it's the godly soul, the godly spirit. The alternate, alternative ego inside us, the alter ego is that animal instinct, the animal impulse, the sense of self, the ego. Ego is edging God out. Ego is an acronym. Edging God out. It's you or God. There's not room for both. So the more that which we're the more that we can nullify ourselves, the more the room there is for God. All of that was a very long footnote. And we go back upstairs. Back upstairs. Vinay. There is no one, there is nothing. All there is is God. He is everything. Everything. It's hard. It's hard. You know why? Because when I drive the car, I think, who got me from point A to point B? I drove. I, I worked hard. I had the money to buy the car. I filled it with gas. Or if I have an electric car, I plugged it in. I'm the one who navigated. I drove successfully. I am the one who got us there. And that's just a mushal. It's a metaphor for every other area of life. Income, children, every area of life. I think I'm the driver. I'm in control. It's very confusing. It's very complicated. I have to stop and remind myself and be mindful and conscious and conscientious. That no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm the agent. I'm the one who drove. But only because God allowed me to get from point A to point B, the car didn't stall and the car didn't run out of gas, and the car didn't break down, and I didn't get hit, sideswiped by anyone else, I wasn't in traffic, I didn't get in an accident, I didn't get lost, only because of God. It's moreover. It's not just that we're in neutral, that it's parav, and we have to remind ourselves of what we're supposed to believe, we're actually fighting inertia. There's actually momentum against us, because there's a natural instinct within ourselves to say ego, it's all me. Ego. I take credit. My ego. A person has to know well. So because we're fighting inertia, and because we're trying to overcome the momentum, and because we're trying to persevere over the natural instinct within us, nobody wants bittel. What do you mean? I want what I want. I don't want to suppress the voice of my pleasure, my needs, my wants, and give in to some higher power telling me, give in to the better version of myself. I like the weak version of myself. The weak version of myself eats well and doesn't have to exercise and sweat and is lazy and sleeps in. The weaker version of myself, I like it. I don't want to suppress that weaker version of myself, the weaker voice, and only amplify the loud and give, and give uh, sound to the, uh, to the better version of myself. Who wants to do that? We don't want to naturally. And that's why we need to spend time dissecting and unpacking and understanding and planning and executing on what Bittal is all about. And I am very excited to do that with you. And I'm excited to do that in a few weeks from now. So we're going to be taking a break. Again, you can listen to old episodes. I want to thank the Morgans very much again for their sponsorship of the whole series for the year. 
and hope they will please God continue. Thank you for that generosity. Thank you for all the people who sponsored throughout the year. Hopefully we can continue to live with Amuna and Dvekas and to improve and enrich our lives in that process. Join us for the last episode of Behind the Bima tonight for the season. Going Behind the Bima 9 p.m. with the great Rav Manus Friedman and his son, the great Benny Friedman, using their voices to teach and to sing. And this is a father-son duo in anticipation of Father's Day. Tonight, 9 p.m., BehindTheBima.com. You can watch and join us live. Looking forward. Until next time, until after the summer, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay holy.